Hello everyone, this is the third episode of this podcast. Going forward, I'm gonna make a different series and this would be the first one, the first series, episode three. And tonight I'm gonna talk about loneliness, which is quite a good thing come to think of it because right now I feel a little lonely too so what better way and what better time to talk about it than now but what is loneliness what is loneliness really I came across a video on YouTube which I don't remember but they have animations and they talk about different emotional things problems mental disorders and so on and so forth and they are really good you should go check them out in it woman in one of the videos they said we have needs for the body physical needs and emotional needs for example when you're thirsty you start to feel dry and your body wants water same thing with food your body starts to ask for food but this, it then came to say that it then began to say that we have emotional needs too we need to connect we need to be in a group and that's how our brains are formed and when we don't actually take care of those things we end up with feeling depressed, feeling sad and we start to build walls around us and so on and so forth so it actually categorized loneliness as one of the effects of not taking care of the needs of the body and that is true in my opinion because let's face it some people are lonely even when they are in a group. There's actually lots of poems about this. Why you feel lonely? You feel lonely when you are in a group of people. You feel lonely when you are in your house. Some people say, I don't feel lonely. When I'm on my own, I feel the best. Some people say, when I'm in a group, I feel the best of myself. So what truly is loneliness? Yeah, there are, I'm sure there are thousands of different and better words than mine to describe it, but I'm looking at it from my own perspective. That's the purpose of this whole podcast. Looking at the world through my own eyes. A gate, to be precise, from my view to the world. And in my view, loneliness isn't about people. It's about what's inside of you. No, you don't have a xenomorph inside of you trying to chew its way out. Don't panic. You're safe. Xenomorphs don't exist. Or do they? 
It's something inside of us, inside all of us. There's a need that I think comes from the parents. If a parent makes you feel as if you're worthy, as if you have yourself for company, if a parent makes you believe in yourself, then you don't need the validation of others so much. Of course, you still need others to say, yeah, you did a good job. That's how they pay you. If that doesn't work, then you're going to die from starvation. You won't be able to pay for food, which is quite important. But when you look at it this way, if a parent makes you believe in who you truly are as a person, then growing up you won't feel lonely. You won't feel as if you're always alone. What triggers this feeling? This baffles me all the time. What triggers the feeling of loneliness? If you ask lonely people, why are you lonely? They say, well, I have no one. Give them somebody. And they say, I still feel lonely. I know because I feel like that sometimes. I work in a very crowded place and I feel lonely. But for some reason, when I'm at peace, when I'm happy with myself, when I have something to do, I don't feel lonely. And this made me come up with this hypothesis, actually. I know I'm not a doctor or anything, but it made me come up with this hypothesis of my own. I like to make hypotheses. Even if they are wrong, what you gonna do, huh? I always do this to myself. I always think a lot. So in my hypothesis as to why sometimes we feel lonely and why sometimes we don't when we are in a sense of fulfillment, self-fulfillment, that we feel as, as if we are important, then we don't feel lonely. When we are happy, we don't feel lonely. My hypothesis is Beside what the family can do and what the parents have done to you and so on and so forth, it's, it's beside that. I'm not talking about those kind of upbringings right now. I'm talking about what you can do, what happens inside of you and how can you stop it, how can you do it. In my opinion, in my hypothesis, In our brain, there is a feeding system. There's an old saying, you are what you eat. That's true. Whatever you eat is going to change the composite of your body in a literal sense. But if you go to the figurative sense, you eat healthy, you think more healthy, and you act more healthy, and your brain becomes better at 
judgments and thinking and so on and so forth. So we feed ourselves the body, but we also feed our brain, we feed our emotions. We feed our emotions on different levels. Some people just feed it garbage. Some people feed it good stuff, nutrients. Some people feed it with random stuff. Some people feed it with strange stuff. And each of us feed our subconscious and our brain and our emotions with something. So our brain, our emotions, reacts the same way. Let's imagine this. Let's imagine you eat pizza for, let's say you imagine you eat pizza for a whole month. In that case, I really hate you because you have to call me and you should split the pizza with me and I get the last piece. I'm gonna kill you if you don't. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, it's pizza. Everyone loves pizza. Even a bad pizza is a good pizza. So, you eat pizza for a, for a month. What happens to you after that? Your body becomes malnutritioned. You get fat. You get tired. Your friend's gonna leave you because you have been eating pizza for a month. And your mind actually starts to get weary too often. Your mind starts to get tired more easily. It doesn't have the nutrients to work at its best, the brain. So you become more grumpy. You become more agitated. You become more angry. But if you feed on fruits, meat, uh, the healthy kind, and you have a balanced diet, and you work out, you realize after a month, not only you like yourself more, but you have your brain, it feels like it's been oxygenate, oxygenate, ox, oxygenated, God kill me. It has been oxygenated so much that you can actually think it can breathe now. You can actually have different thought patterns, you know. You got sleep, you got energy. Same thing with emotions. Imagine feeding yourself sad thoughts all the time. What does that gonna make you? A sad person. Imagine feeding yourself happy thoughts. Something that always have baffled me. I always love seeing old people happy. Have you seen how easily they just smile at everything? They see a flower and they go, oh, wow, this is so amazing. <coughs> or 
this here good pancake they see oh wow this is just awesome thank you they get happy with the smallest stuff yeah i'm not talking about that grumpy old guy down the block that just nothing can please him i'm talking about happy people and i always like seeing them happy they have fed their, themselves so much happiness so much positive thoughts so much positive actions in their life that they don't get that sad anymore let's say sadness has like a degree from 1 to 10 they get sad around like 3 or 4 degrees you know but you get sad around 8 or 9 degrees because you have been bombarded with sadness for most of your life I was talking to a friend of mine tonight about Instagram and the effects it has on, it has on you how can it make you sad, how can it change your standards of life you must have seen it, you must have seen all those happy-go-lucky people they have the best cars, make the best travels, have the best looks and you're sitting there going if they are humans then what am I? if I am a human then what are they? are they robots? and you keep on thinking to yourself like that so that's what loneliness in my opinion is the hypothesis you feed your brain, your emotions, and your body is going to react to it. You're going to become what you consume. You see, messages of loneliness in social medias every day. People talk about, oh, I'm sad, I don't have anybody. Yeah, it's hard. But when you are bombarded with this, with these thoughts, with these feelings, with these emotions all the time then you are going to grow up to become one of them because your brain has ingested that your emotions has ingested that so much that there is nothing else you can see that it has become bold in your brain there is a, there is a very big billboard on, in your brain and in your emotions city and it always says sadness loneliness depression I just look at it and say wow yeah that's so true and you see this every day every day even if you don't look at it your subconscious is gonna pick up on it and when we surround ourselves with people who keep saying that yeah we are lonely yeah we are sad same thing's gonna happen to us we are gonna feel sad there's a whole experiment and whole study done on this the people will actually their subconscious will pick up on what's around them and whatever they, they surround themselves with they're gonna act like that more often go look at those old people that I told you everything in their life is happy colors yellow 
beige. Yeah, I, I know. Many of you are gonna say, "Well, beige is not even a even a color. It's the cat's morph." True, true. There's there's a truth to that. But look around. Look around. People who surround themselves with happy colors, they're just that. They tend to be more energetic and reactive and more happy. Usually, and not by a long shot, like they're not Jesus. If they are, if Jesus is listening to this, I want to talk to the dude. Dude, I, I got so much to ask of you. But look around you. Keep wearing depressive clothing. I'm not saying, that, for example, some people are going to say, all right, black is depressive. For some people, it's not. Depending on your own choice of what depression looks like or what happiness looks like. Someone might find happiness in black and white. Someone might find happiness in... Um, I'm, I'm just talking about colors. Some people might think of happiness in summer colors. Look around you. See what you are always surrounded with. I do this all the time. I look, I look to my surroundings. Blue, pink, very dark brown, which I have no idea what it is. Women's, please tell me what it, what it is. Like very dark brown. And these are going to shape how I feel. The same thing is going to happen to you guys. So if you are not one of, if you are not feeling that well connected to everyone, if you are not feeling that comprehensive for people to understand you, if some people think that, let's imagine you are not a narcissist. And you actually have trouble connecting to people, thinking everybody is an idiot. If you think that you are a person that doesn't click with everyone, if you think you're, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're lonely. I'm not talking about the clinical ones, the ones that you have to actually take medicines for. Actually, this does help with those two, but look around you. See what you have surrounded yourself with. And I promise you, you're going to find something. I promise you. Look at it from a third-person perspective. Someone with no horse and dog and cats in this race. And you're going to know. You're going to realize that there is something around you that's feeding you these thoughts. So from the bottom of my heart to you guys, this is not a motivational speak. Change your surrounding. Change what's around you. Feed yourself better stuff. And I promise you, before you know it, you are going to feel at top of the world. And if you do take me with you, 